Hello, I'm Chris Neeland, host of a new podcast, Cult Brand Secrets, brought to you by The Gathering and Evergreen Podcasts. The Gathering is a Forbes top-rated business summit and a masterclass for brand and business leaders looking to reap the benefits of cult-like adoration. Each year, The Gathering brings together disruptors from around the globe to learn from and to celebrate the leaders behind iconic brands like Marvel, Skittles, Beats by Dre, Yeti, and the Dallas Cowboys. For the first time ever, this podcast will give you access to some of the exclusive business leader learnings from the gathering's past events. I am recording this in February, and one of the things that I'm most excited about for spring is to fire up my new Traeger grill and to improve my barbecue skills as I learn how to use the smoker that I got for Christmas. You know, Traeger is such a great example of a business that understands what business it is actually in. Sure, they make world-class smokers and wood pellet grills, but that's just what they do. That is not who they are. They are community builders, and they exist to nurture a passionate and an engaged community that they've dubbed the Traegerhood. And it's composed of everyone from casual grillers to competition pitmasters and professional chefs. Together, they are on a mission to disrupt home cooking and to create new ways to make gatherings more social, more memorable, and certainly more delicious. Jeremy Andrus, their CEO, has his own unique history that he goes into a bit at the beginning of his presentation. He has been part of some remarkable brands in his career but I'm simply blown away by what he has accomplished in such a short period of time since he acquired Traeger back in 2014. Their explosive revenue growth is certainly worthy of our attention, having grown hundreds of millions of dollars in just a few short years. But it's their impact on culture and on the barbecue community that is even more impressive to me. Anyone curious about how to transition a mediocre business into a cult brand would do well to study Traeger's story. Let's have a listen as Jeremy tells it. It is good to be here today. I gotta tell you, as, as an operator, when you are head down grinding every single day and you have a moment to pick up your head, and sort of uh, look out and realize what you're building. It's such a wonderful moment. Um, this is a gr- this is a great honor. We are so happy uh, to uh, to be recognized. And I always have to step back and acknowledge it's this is a team sport. I have such an incredible team. Working with them every day is the greatest honor uh, of my life, and it's so it's so fun and such such great satisfaction. I want to start by talking a little bit about me and just talking about the journey that I've been on. When you, uh, when you look at the logos on this screen, this is where I came from. This is my journey. You would say, this kid is all over the place. And I was uh, trying to find my passion, figure out what I loved, what I truly wanted to do. Uh, I remember uh, my first job. I was a consultant. 
90 days in, I had a strategy, I knew where I was going. And on a Saturday morning after seven day, day weeks, 100 hour weeks, could get out of bed in the morning, called my dad and said, dad, this sucks. I have no idea what I'm doing here. I should have gone to medical school, law school. And he said, keep your feet going, keep driving, you'll find what you love. And I really set out to do that. I will tell you that, uh, you know, as is the case in any journey, it's, uh, and, and as they say, it's either uh, a good time or a good story. And I've got a lot of good stories. I don't know that any of them were incredible at the time. It was a grind and it was bumpy and it was a wild ride and things happened along the way that I just had to work through myself and to learn from. Um, I'm not going to tell you all about everything that happened along the way, but I will, you know, I'll point to a few things that were just wild. I started day trading. I was a consultant. I got bored. This is late nineties. And I said, I'm going to day trade stocks. I took my nest egg of a hundred thousand bucks and I started trading, turning into millions of dollars and I lost it all. And I lost $200,000 more than I started with. And it took me 10 years to pay it back. Fast forward, uh, started a frozen beverage supply business with uh, my one of my best friends in the world, and uh, boy, did that go south! It was it was a tough business. I remember the day I got a I got a phone call from our office manager who said, "Your partner has driven off a, driven a company truck off a cliff, high on crack, and we were just about to close on venture capital, so we moved on." And I would say that it's skull candy. It's really where I found myself. I found my passion. I found what I loved. It was uh, lifestyle branding. It was disruption from a product and a brand perspective. It was innovation. It was really understanding how to connect with the consumer. And it was an incredible ride. Uh, Six years into it, we took the company public. And uh, again, talk about learning by experience. We were the highest shorted stock on the NASDAQ for six months. And for a CEO, it's just figuring out how to be a CEO. That's an uncomfortable moment in your late 30s. Uh, but it was a great, it was a great journey and truly became the blueprint for the brand uh, that I'm currently building with my team, Traeger Grills. Uh, Joe Traeger, as every good entrepreneur does, found a way to meet an un, to, to, to really create a solution that met a need for a customer. It was a wood pellet grill. Uh, what I couldn't believe when I went up to Oregon for the first time and I sat in a conference room in Wilsonville to interview consumers, to understand this brand that I had never heard of, but had 26 years of history. I sat down, I started taking notes. I asked, a, I, I asked a Traeger owner, tell me about your experience with Traeger. The first words out of his mouth were, my Traeger changed my life. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I'd heard as a student of great brands, as someone who loves to understand what makes uh, a brand connect with the consumer. I was blown away by that comment. And I've heard that, that, that phrase or something like it hundreds and hundreds of times. What I couldn't have anticipated having spent more of my time in startup environments is what happens over the course of decades in a business. 
Uh, you, you find culture and dysfunction, uh, broken strategy operations. And I realized very quickly, very quickly into my, my time at Traeger that this w- uh, was a broken business. And uh, I'll tell you a quick story that, that really was high impact and changed how I built the foundation for the Traeger brand and the Traeger community. Uh, we had chosen to outsource our supply chain. Uh, we were uh, we were inefficient. Uh, we, we had eighteen uh, wheel rigs. We had uh, drivers on payroll. A very very archaic supply chain. And so one day I walked into to, into the uh, the warehouse and I let the team know that we were going to uh, outsource our operation. And we were very respectful. Uh, we we explained to them why we were doing it, how we we're going to support them in transition. The next day. Uh, the, the next time I, I drove into the parking lot, 7.30 in the morning uh, with uh, some members of my leadership team, I saw this. Uh, it was one of our 18-wheel rigs doused with fuel burning to the ground. Fire trucks, policemen, and it was clearly an incident of arson. It was a culture that I had struggled so much to make work, a place that I just felt sick to my stomach when I showed up to. And I did my best uh, to rebuild the culture. In this moment, I had to step back and, and just acknowledge this was, uh, this was not a culture I was going to rebuild with the team that was on board. I remember that day walking into the restroom, uh, washing my face, looking in the mirror and saying, number one, I have no idea what I should do here. And number two, I was scared. I feared for my life in this place. And uh, that was the day where I said, we're going to rebuild this, but we're going to rebuild it on the foundation of culture. Culture is what is going to be the X factor. It's what's going to drive this business. And ultimately, culture is what is creating the Traeger community. These are our cultural values. We cook together. We're focused on test kitchen mentality, growth and development of our people. Uh, We believe in in, in smart risk-taking, stand in the fire. Every day we, we ask ourselves, is there a better way to do things? Uh, no reservations is, is a value I think a lot about. Uh, we obsess over our customer experience. And I'll tell a quick story that, that I think highlights what happens when people buy into values, uh, what happens when they start to think in a similar way and how you connect vision for a business with values of the organization. Uh, It was about five years ago. Uh, I walked into the office uh, on a Monday morning and uh, I was working that morning and at about 11 o'clock, our head of sales walked into my office and he said, hey, I've got to tell you something. Shut the door. Got to tell you something. Something happened that's really cool that I I think you'd want to know about. He said, uh, Rob Mackey, who was with the old culture, but had come along with the business, he was literally one of uh, one of 10 employees left from 140 that we started with. Uh, he'd received a phone call on a Friday evening. Rob at the time had a six-week-old baby, his, his first child, and got a, got a phone call from a store manager uh, in Seattle, Washington. We're based in Salt Lake City. Uh, the store manager said, it was a very important customer, he said, my, my grill's not working. Here's what's going on. I'm having people over tomorrow to watch a football game. 
And Rob diagnosed it. He said, what's going on? Talk me through it. And he eventually figured out what was, what was going on. The auger was jammed and it was broken. And Rob could have done anything at this moment. He could have said, uh, I'm so sorry, I can't help. Let me see if I can find a dealer to help fix it. I'll call someone. I'll see if they can come over on a Saturday. It's not what he did. Rob said, I'll be there tomorrow morning. He went to the office in the morning. He picked up this auger, which is a steel curly thing, put it in his bag, went through security. Fortunately, they let him through after he explained what it was. Uh, went up to this, uh, this warehouse manager's uh, home. He fixed his grill. He turned it on. He helped him prep his brisket. And he, and, and, he, and he went back home. Didn't tell anyone about this. I'm sitting in my office on a Monday morning listening to my head of sales tell me the story. It went from, uh, from, this custo- for, from this customer to his manager to the head of sales, back to my head of sales. And Rob without anyone asking, without even thinking twice, had purchased an airplane ticket, had flown to Seattle to take care of this. That is what happens when you connect vision with values. People drive your business forward in a way that you could never ask or expect them to. Uh, This is our product team a few weeks ago. It's an unbelievable subculture in our business. They've got what's called Tracksuit Tuesdays. And you'll see me in the middle. Uh, I am an honorary member of that team. These individuals and everyone in our culture has found a way to express themselves, to, uh, to be part of something remarkable. And it really comes back to my leadership philosophy. And I remember reading a book uh, by Clayton Christensen um, who describes uh, management as a noble profession. And the reason it's noble is because we have the opportunity to inspire people. We have the opportunity to allow them to become their best selves. And it's not just about work. It's when you come home from work, uh, you are a great community member. You're happy, you're fulfilled, you're confident, you're better father, mother, partner, uh, husband, wife. And we really buy into this philosophy. And so our culture is intended to create really a moment where people can be their best selves. It stretches them, it puts them through adversity. And at the end of the day, that is how we were accomplished remarkable things at Traeger. This is the first Traeger grill, uh, invented back in 1987, hidden to the world for decades. It wasn't remarkable, except it was an innovation that connected with uh, an unmet need. It had product market fit that was fantastic. There's something I've always loved in great brands that have heritage, the ability to preserve that heritage and to really tell stories about it, but to connect it with newness and progressive thinking and with technology and with experience. Uh, Brands like Apple and Nike do such a wonderful job of connecting heritage with new thinking. This is what we aspire to do. This is, this is product that, that we rebuilt from the ground up. New technology, but always with a singular vision in mind. It's solving something important for our customers. Uh, we were the first to um, build a connected product. And we don't geek out on technology for the sake of technology. It is always intended to do something. 
And when you have a connected grill, what you can truly do is address what it is that makes cooking fun. It's content. It's, it's teach, inspiring someone on what to cook. It's teaching them how to cook it, informing them on where to get ingredients, and really ultimately giving them the tool to connect with their, with their friends. That is what community is, to share recipes, to share tips and tricks, and to really inspire others in how to cook. What you see here uh, is, is the Traeger lifestyle. It's about food and it's about sharing moments together. We're not trying to build a product business. We're trying to build something that's meaningful to people. Our brand promise is about bringing people together to create a more flavorful world. It's not about the steel. It's not about the wood. It's not about the electronics or the software or even the content. It's about this singular moment sitting around a table sharing great food, and leaving with warm feelings. It's about building community that's inclusive. There's something special that happens when you sit around a table and you share food and you share a meal. It's a very communal moment. Communal moment. It's even more important when it's food that you have carefully and, and, and with great care prepared for people you love. Uh, we want to inspire people through great content. Who doesn't look at this image and say, what if I could create the world's best tomahawk, tomahawk steaks? On game day, if I could create wings that look like this, juicy ribs that anybody can do. Traeger makes people great at cooking. It removes the friction and it makes it fun so that we can get, we can get around the table. And it's not just low and slow barbecue. It's all sorts of food. One of the things that uh, has been so important to us in building community, and we talk a lot more about building community than building brand. Our community owns this brand. Our community are the people who are the best evangelists, who inspire others. Uh, we partner with people who love our brand. Uh, you'll see uh, in, in the upper left-hand corner, Matt Pittman, one of the foremost experts in barbecue in the world. Uh, Matt loves Traeger. And we didn't partner with Matt until we knew he loved Traeger. Matt was a big green egg user when we, when we met him. And when we realized how much he loved what we were doing and how much he believed in it, the brand, the mission of the business, we partnered with him the way that we partner with so many other people. But it starts first with a love and a passion. We don't ever go out and write a check. We, we in a very organic, very authentic way, we connect with people who have community. And our community becomes theirs and vice versa. And it's so important that, that we bring these people in and we treat them like family. Uh, when they're in town, they come to my home. We cook together. We share food together. It is something that's very familiar at Traeger. Uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, Joe Rogan loves Traeger. And I didn't know that until I saw Joe Rogan posting his elk steaks that he'd cooked on the Traeger online. So we connected with him and he had a genuine passion. And he, th this is how we work with our community. Um, Timothy Hollingsworth, uh, sous chef at French Laundry for many years, owns restaurants in LA and around the world. Again, we, we, we partner across outdoor culinary barbecue and we partner with people who share our values and know how to communicate and speak in a very authentic way 
to their following. Everyone has a story uh, in the trader community. And oftentimes it's emotional, it's passionate. Uh, at one point we asked the community, tell us your story. Why is Traeger important to you? And we got thousands of incredible stories back. Uh, upper left hand, you'll see Amanda Riggin. Uh, Amanda lives in the Southeast. Uh, she lives in a small town that was grieving the loss uh, of, a, of a police officer uh, who had been killed in the line of duty. And so she bought a Traeger and she started cooking for first responders. And it was, it, it, it was an opportunity to help her town heal. She is part of the community. She believes in it, and Traeger is part of that story. Now, this is Benny Kendrick. I got to know Benny. I found him online. He had a couple of thousand followers, and he, he told the story of having lost his brother. Uh, he was so depressed, and he struggled to go on. And there were two things that brought him out of his depression. One was his little dog, Tilly, whom he loves, loves like crazy. The other was Traeger. And he posted these pictures of him in his, in his backyard, Central California. And he, he kept just adding Traegers. He had like six or seven Traegers that he would cook on. Traeger was his way of expressing himself through preparing great food and sharing it, not only with his family, but with members of the community. Benny is one of my favorite people in the world. He will, he will tell you about how Traeger really changed his life. The Traeger hood is special. Uh, this is a campaign we began ran, running uh, about uh, four or five months ago. The Traeger hood is the neighborhood that you live in. It's when you bring your Traeger out and you cook and you bond and you connect. Um, you know, and uh, this has obviously been a unique moment in time. When coronavirus hit, as the CEO of this business, honestly, I didn't know it was going to happen. I didn't know if we were going to survive it. But one of the things, that, one of the first things that we said was that we have a community of people and they're hurting and they're scared. And in some cases, they're grieving. And so how do we be part of the solution? How do we, how do we bring comfort in sort of this rich and flavorful life that we have committed to them? Traeger Day is something we do every year. We want it to become a global holiday. Um, we're usually out in the community cooking in hundreds of locations around the country, very grassroots way. We couldn't do that in 2020. And so we did, we did, it, we did it digitally via social media. And uh, one of the things that we did that was so fun is uh, we did a cheers video and we said, show, show us uh, you know, your, your cheers, toasting, uh, toasting life wherever you may be. It can be about Traeger or not. And we had thousands of submissions. We actually posted an hour long video of people raising a glass and celebrating a year, even a year that had been painful. Uh, we couldn't get out and cook anymore. Shop classes, cooking classes is such an important part of what we do. It's a very grassroots way of going community by community, setting up shop and cooking. And so we decided we had to pivot. How do we get into people's living rooms in their backyard in a way that they want to receive us? And it's still an important part of the brand connection. So we started Traeger Kitchen Live. And every week we taught our community uh, how to cook something new, how to cook something different. It was free. Uh, and it was, uh, it was an opportunity for them to explore their passions of cooking. We have had millions and millions of views 
of our Traeger Kitchen Live. One of the things that I've always believed about great brands is that they find these surprise and delight moments to connect with their, with their customer. They find these really small details that are so valuable when a customer discovers them because it says that they care. They care about the experience. Things like unboxing of the product. Uh, you, you'll see here uh, on the inside of the Traeger box, there's a log cabin. And kids love this. We, we saw this posted all over online. It was a small detail that mattered. When you pull a Traeger out of the box, you'll see a welcome letter from me, a handwritten welcome letter. And this is, this is thanking, this is thanking the community who had purchased the Traeger for inviting them into their backyard and into their lives and for around their table. And there are all sorts of touch points that we believe in finding that when a consumer sees, they just feel connected to what we're doing. You know, we, 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 don't, we, we don't buy a lot of traditional media. That's not how we build brand. But when we do, we, we speak to our customer in a way that's, that, that, that resonates with them. We speak with the brand voice. You know, one of the other things that we had going on uh, in, in, in addition to uh, a pandemic in 2020 uh, was a fairly contentious political environment. And we said, you know what? We may have opinions, but we're not choosing sides. Again, we want to be part of the solution. We want to be part of uh, making a moment that's a little bit little bit more lighthearted as opposed to so intense and heavy. And so you see this, left wing, right, right wing, mm, wings. We just wanted people to cook in their backyard and find, uh, find joy in that. Uh, make your backyard the best restaurant in town. We truly want people to believe that when they find this passion and they, and they explore and they discover and they get really good at cooking, it is the best restaurant in town because you've prepared it and you sit around a table and it's familial. Uh, in this hood, uh, adults play with their food. Again, how do we speak in our voice to our customers? Uh, the other thing we really believe is, is, is just creating sort of an uncommon or unexpected partnerships. Uh, however it is that we speak to our customer. Uh, we partner with Indian motorcycles. You'll see the, the sidecar in this case is a Traeger Ironwood grill that uh, you, can, you can be you know, cruising around town, smoking a brisket in your sidecar and stopping with your buddies in a parking lot and enjoying a great feast. This was fun. People, people love this. And uh, this is not something that most brands uh, that, that don't see the world differently would think about. I'm a believer, we are believers in having a foot over the line. Great brands are sometimes sarcastic, sometimes irreverent. And, uh, you know, this campaign that we ran, this was, this was a promotion on April 20th of 2019, uh, the I'd Smoke That campaign. When, when you do it right, when you really, really connect with your consumer and they believe that you are part of their lives, not as a product, but as an emotion, as an experience, then suddenly you start to see uh, Traeger tattoos. They get sent to us all the time. We see them on social media. Uh, recently, I received a birth announcement that a family had done uh, of this new member of their family that was 34 inches long and weighed 170 pounds. It was the Pro 34. They made the announcement and sent it, sent it to Traeger. This is baby Traeger. They, they, uh, this, this family named their son Traeger because of the love and the joy that Traeger was 
and their family. This is really what we live for. We really live to be an experience that is meaningful. There, we interact with so many products, hundreds of products and brands every day. Most of them do their job, but don't mean something special. We wanna be special, we want to be authentic. We wanna connect in a way that matters. And we always step back and, 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 and I preach this to my team constantly. The product needs to be beautiful. It needs to get better every year. It needs to inspire better cooking and more cooking. Not just the steel, all the way through the technology and the content. But at the end of the day, that's just the product. The moment is the experience with the food across the table from your loved ones. And when you walk away, you see the Traeger grill out of the corner of your eye and you say, that enabled that great experience. That's what we live for. Thank you. Jeremy, thank you for that incredible presentation. And as I told you backstage, uh, my trigger changed my life. <laughs> oh, you're making my day already. <laughs> Just personal note, I, I had a trigger going into the pandemic and my fiance and I, you know, it became our Saturday activity. Like, what are we smoking? What are we cooking? It became a part of yeah. our connection, our story, our life, and, and, and part of how we built our home together. So awesome. I absolutely understand, um, you know, that, that sentiment completely. Thanks for sharing As that. a consumer, as a, as a lover of the brand. 100%. Um, I, I want to talk about a couple of different things, but, you know, you talked about rebuilding on a foundation of culture. Mm. First of all, you know, that's usually the CMO, right? Mm. That, that, that wants to take the culture lean. And you talked about, you know, even in your video, you say, that you, you know, there are no product shots or not many product shots. Yeah. It's about the lifestyle of the community. So first I want to talk about you and yeah. like how you as, as the CEO from a strategy background, like how you really embrace the idea of culture driving a company and culture driving a, a rebirth versus product. And I know obviously you make a phenomenal yeah. product, but your words is culture. Yeah, you, you know, I, I think part, part of it was driven by um, having been in cultures that I appreciated and then showed up and, and, and just didn't feel good when I went to Traeger. I mean, I just, like, I felt like I did when I was sitting in the, the cafeteria in junior high school. It's like wondering what people are saying about you and who your friends are. And so part of it was that, you know, at, at that point in life, I didn't work for money. I paid off the Subaru and business school and my day trading debts, and I wanted to love what I was doing. The other was that, um, you know, I, I really had thought a lot about, you know, as a, as a CEO, if you're the only one having fun, you're doing a disservice to your people. And I just so fundamentally believe that, you know, good, good leaders acknowledge that their people spend so much of their lives working why not create an environment that's great, an environment that inspires? And, you know, I, I think oftentimes in business, we get the inputs and the outputs backwards. Like we, we pound our fist for the P&L and success, and then we sort of walk over our people along the way. And it was my view that if we invest in them and we respect them and we're kind to them and they believe that we actually have their best interests at heart, suddenly you create this business output. So uh, it was good business alignment, but I also just really inherently believe that it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think when you say it very eloquently, it sounds like this poetic experience. Mm. That shit is hard. It's hard, <laughs> I agree. I want to get into it. Like, 
what did you do first? I know that you had to not just start from scratch. You had to remove people. You yeah. had to rebuild something. Yeah. Like, tell me, to walk me through that. Well, you know what? Uh, th- that, that moment that I described of, uh, of, of the truck burning down was 10 months into my trader journey. And so I spent the first 10 months trying to rebuild the culture. Uh, I sat down and I interviewed people, you know, surveyed people, uh, developed a set of values, tried to sort of evangelize them. And, um, you know, really patiently went about this process. And about every 30 days, I would just sort of go home and say, this is not working. This is not, I, I, the DNA of this, of this team is, n- is not gravitating towards how I see this business. And uh, I just kept trying and it kept trying. And what I eventually realized, and I have a little bit of a cynical view on people, which is that people don't change that much. Mm-hmm. And these are not bad people. In fact, I'm connected to many of them still today. Um, but they, they weren't, they didn't represent and live the culture that I wanted to have. And so I eventually realized I was going to have to change the people if I was going to fix the culture. And it was a very, I never would have done this. I, 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 ignorance is bliss. And once you get in the middle of it, you say, my gosh, what am I, what am <laughs> wow, I doing gonna here? this is going to take a lot. This is going to take a lot. <laughs> and there's only one reason why I came back the day after the truck burned down. I had written a large check to invest in this business. I would have walked away from it. I came back because I'd hired four friends mm. and they wanted a job. They, I could not, have, I could not leave them stranded. And so I eventually decided I didn't know how to fix the culture without walking away, uh, walking away from the team. And it didn't happen in a day. I mean, I stood in front of the company and said, there's a truck burning in the parking lot. There's something really wrong with that. And we're going to rebuild. And 30 days later, I came and I stood in front of them. I said, we're not going to do it here. I'm taking the company to, to where I have a network, to where I've built a business. And for those of you who believe in what I'm doing and you want to be a part of this, join. Mm. And, you know, the intersection between that, you know, the 140 people, we gave about 12 offers and I think we had about three accept. And so, you know, what, what, what I also didn't want to do 27 years in is be the one to break this thing. Right. I mean, and, and, and we very well could have done it. Uh, it was risky, but I'm a risk taker. And I, and, and I just inherently believe there was something special about Traeger. And I wanted to be able to build it, but I couldn't build it without people that weren't on board. Yeah. I, I love the points that you brought up as, as we continue along this journey. It was like kind of the masterclass of building a cult brand, you know? And I think the other piece that you said that I really want to dive into is when you talked about preserving the heritage, but you still have to know how to grow and reinvent mm. and innovate, right? That balance is tricky. So yeah. tell me about the, the when you decide when when is it too far from the heritage? When is when is innovation yeah. for the sake of innovation wrong? Like, so, so how that, did you manage that? that? That's an interesting question. We we had a moment of time where we we stepped back and we 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 asked, can we sell? It, it, can can we sell this product to women? Uh, we, we, no, no outdoor cooking brand markets to women. We just think women are like a one a perfect customer for the Traeger brand. And, and yet we learned in our research, they look at this and say, looks like a, you know, it's got a smokestack and a Texas barrel, looks like an offset smoker, not for me. 
And so we'd ask, how far can we push the, the lines of, of, of industrial design? Mm-hmm. Uh, how far can we take this product so, so, such that it does things differently, but it still does what it was intended to do? And, you know, the, the innovation piece is interesting and it's sort of, it's a never ending component of a good brand. We had, we had years of great, great growth. And we got to 2018 and we kind of went sideways. Uh, we had new competition. Uh, our product wasn't fresh. And um, we kind of stepped back and said, are we willing to double down when the business is not growing like it should? And we, we ultimately said, there are two things that will drive success long-term. It's product innovation mm-hmm. and it's, it's community or brand. And the innovation piece, like we have incredible ideas, but sometimes you step back and you say, that's too much, too quickly, or that's an incredible idea. We have no idea how to build that. And so there's, there's this ongoing tension between what is connected with where you came from and can you, can you, can you build something that, that is part of that cooking experience that, that Traeger uh, exemplifies? So in a category that... I would, I would think to a lot of folks, you don't think about this category as, as an innovative category. Mm. You know, I certainly didn't until I had yeah. a trigger. And then I was like, wow, this, yeah. there's tech in this bad boy. 100%. <laughs> How, you know, even as you think about your investment, right, and your R&D team versus your brand team versus your field marketing team, yeah. like, how do you make those decisions? Where's the, how do you find the balance? You know what? First of all, it, it ebbs and flows. And, 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 and the, those are the two things. There, 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 there are a couple of things that I obsess over. A point of difference in the product, it has to be different or you compete on price and a little bit of brand. And then you have to have a brand that speaks to people and speaks to community. Everything else is just there to support that. And, you know, one, one, of, the, um, it, one of the things that I learned painfully at Skull Candy, and uh, again, like I said, it was, it was a blueprint of, 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 of what I'm building here is that if you don't make the right investments for the business every day, you eventually have to pay the piper. Mm-hmm. And there were moments as a public company CEO where Wall Street hated us. We were the highest shorted stock on the NASDAQ. And you say, if I can just hit my number in the quarter, mm. well, they'll like me. Then you start making short-term decisions. Yeah, short-term decisions. <laughs> I can cut my innovation spend a little yep. bit. No one will know. Yep. I can cut my brand spend a little bit. I'll be fine. And you do it the next quarter, the next quarter. And then you've got an anniversary the year before. Exactly. And, and that's death by a thousand paper cuts. And so, you know, as I think about what is success long-term, it's a commitment to do the underlying, the right thing for the brand, for the business long-term, every single day, regardless of when you get paid for it. And so that, that's how I think about innovation. We're actually, and it's, it's interesting you reference outdoor cooking as not being innovative. I mean, that was my fear. When I looked at the industry, I remember going into a, a, a Home Depot and just seeing steel stacked up. Yep. And it all looked, it was a sea of steel. Different, different brands, different products, it all looked the same. Mm-hmm. And I said, my gosh, is, is, this a, is this a space that customers consumers will actually appreciate innovation. And the reality is the industry wasn't innovating. It wasn't because consumers didn't value the innovation. And so, you know, I, I just think, and I, I say this, I say this to my product team all the time, if we can always bring differentiated and unique and better experiences through innovation, 
we're going to win. Now we go into the third step of, of the masterclass, right? Which is when you said um, the community owns the brand, right? That's the ultimate. Yeah. That's when you know you have arrived. Yep. When, when it's no longer mine, it's yours, yep. right? Now, that also as, as, a, as a, having touched some of those brands in the world, you have to know when to let go. Mm. You have to be okay with what yeah. they're going to do with it yeah. in social media, with yeah. what they're going to do yep. with their version of the message, how they want to use the product. 100%. How did your culture respond to that? And what was the first time you had to really kind of move through that? You know what? It's So So the, 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 the holy grail of branding is, is your community is your best. They are your best evangelists. And we really do things that inspire our users, our, 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 our members to cook, to post, to engage, to go into retail, to find new innovation. And I, I sort of look at the, the community building as being connected to our cultural values. And so we have 1,400 influencers, for example. Most of them are tiny. There's someone that have, you know, a thousand or 2000 followers on Instagram, but they found us or we found them and they believe in what we're building. We do our best to really respect and communicate with those people. And they tend to take that message to, to, to others. And the, the, the debate that we have often is, how do we always do it in this very organic, very authentic way? You know, because what happens as you grow, you want more growth and your investors want predictable growth. And brands and predictability, are, they're, they're just, they're, they're inconsistent. Like your brand grows when your community chooses for it to grow. And so what, what we've decided is that uh, when we turn this over to the community, every once in a while we'll see messaging go a little bit sideways and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be on DM and it's like, hey, here's a thought on the product. Here's how you might say that. Yeah, politely. Oh, politely, always <laughs> respectfully. Like we really respect our community. Um, and I, I communicate, I get hundreds of DMs a week, hundreds and hundreds. I respond to all of them because that connection point is important. And so we've just acknowledged and in, in, internally, there will be years where we grow less and there will be years where we grow more. We're not going to force it. Growth is what happens at the right point in time when, you're, when your brand is healthy. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, congratulations. I think you have Thank you. A, a good time and a good story. You know what? It's it's the best moment of life. I, I will say that when you love what you do so much every single day and you say, I hope I never have to get a job, you're, do, you're, you're doing something right. And it feels good right now for us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. From reinventing his team and corporate culture, to innovating his products, to fostering a tribe of enthusiasts and aligning his brand with organizations and causes that elevate its ethos, Jeremy has done a masterful job of being a cult brand leader. 
I'd go so far as to say that he's one of the best I have ever encountered. I love this brand. I love his story. I love this brand leader because everything is just so damn compelling. His success wasn't dependent upon having a lot of money or access to some advantages that you and I don't have. No, it just took commitment. Commitment to a strategy that he was gonna make this brand awesome. I hope that Jeremy's story inspires you as much as it does me. Go online and research more about Traeger Grills because much has been written about them and you can see some amazing tactics for yourself. For example, go see how their cardboard box that the grills are delivered in can be converted into a log cabin playhouse for kids to play in just a few minutes later. And if you're into cooking and into barbecue, you simply have to check out the Traeger app or go online and see their recipes because once you do, you're never gonna settle for bad food again. Clearly, I'm a fan. And I believe Traeger is a brand that we should all be using as a role model organization that we can pattern our own internal and external engagement efforts after. Until next time. Once again, this is your host, Chris Neeland. And you've been listening to Cult Brand Secrets, where we explore the great speakers and insights shared at the gathering of Forbes' top-rated business summit. Learn more about the gathering at cultgathering.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please rate and review us on your podcast app. It really helps. Cult Brand Secrets is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Learn more about our podcasts at evergreenpodcast.com. Special thanks to Connor Standish and Laura Winter for their assistance in making this podcast possible. Also, I'd like to thank our producer and audio engineer, William Pritz, as well as executive producers, David Moss and Bridget Coyne. I'm your host, Chris Nealon. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.